0: Open your word with me this morning to Isaiah chapter 9. We are going to be reading a few verses there. I am going to kind of pick up where I left off last week about what is the real reason for this very season. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 1. It says, Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed as... When at first he lightly esteemed the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali. And afterward, more heavily oppressed her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan in Galilee of the Gentiles. Verse 2. And the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death upon them, a light has shined. You have Multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of the harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and he and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace I'm going to continue speaking on what I was last week about the real reason for this very season that we are in. Some 2,700 years ago, it is thought that there was this prophet that spoke more about the Messiah than any other recorded prophet ever. Isaiah was born into a royal family in Judah and he began to prophesy for over 50 years of his life about the coming Messiah. He spoke as a mouthpiece. He was a mouthpiece of God, and and to God's people he was speaking. Some of his prophecies served as a reminder to God's people to live by God's law, to carry out his commands, to carry out his work. And when when the people started rebelling against God's work and His law, Isaiah's prophecies then became uh, like a warning of of their re- of their rebellious behavior. And after ignoring the prophetic word of Isaiah for years, the Assyrian armies started moving into their camp and started taking thousands of Jews into captivity. For some twenty years, uh, the, the the Assyrians took possession of everything that they owned, their land, uh, their homes, and their families of the northern regions of Israel. And in this situation, they begin to find themselves somewhat abandoned. They they realized that their, their homeland was no longer theirs. They realized that they felt abandoned in all of this. And when they were in this for years, it became like this constant reminder of their rebellion to, toward the Lord, of their rebellion in refusing to hear the word of the Lord and take it to heart and apply it to their life. For years, they sat there and they were hopeless and helpless. They had lost everything that they had, everything that they had owned. They lost their possessions. They they. They had lost their purpose and it seemed like they had lost all of their future that was ahead of them. Everything was dark as the word said. Everything was grim. For many years they were in this state of disbelief of I cannot believe I am here today. I cannot believe that I am in this state of life. Everything dark and grim. For years they sat there in in defeat in disbelief. For years, they dealt with their lost identity. For years, they wrestled with with this regret. And then we turn the page to Isaiah chapter 9. And breaking forth through the gloom and the doom and the distress comes the words of this prophet Isaiah. It was a word that they thought they would never hear. It was a word of the greatest Christmas ever. Ever. And he said, There will be no more darkness. There will be no more gloom. And often, we we think that Jesus is only speaking we think that Jesus is only coming to those that have everything in order those that have no shame those that have done no wrong in their life and those that those that have all of their ducks in a row but I love it and I'm thankful this Christmas that through this one story right here we see that God is still speaking and that God is coming to people that have been in darkness for a while People that have been living in a mess for a while. People that have been living in a place of regret. People that have lost their joy. People that have lost their patience. People that ha- people that, that are in a constant state of mourning. People that have made bad choices. I don't know about you, but I think we need to let this story, this very Christmas, remind us and, and, and let it bring us hope this Christmas that Jesus came to earth because there were a bunch of people people that did not have it all together. I don't know about you but that makes me feel pretty good this morning that I don't have to have it all together because guess what? Jesus came to earth because there were people that did not have it all together. Jesus came to planet earth because people were in gloom and distress and I'm so glad that Isaiah reminds us of that this very season that no matter how long we have been sitting in darkness the light is on the way. Another reason for this season is to expel darkness from your life. Amen. Have you ever been in gloom or distress? Have you been in gloom or distress this year? I don't know about you, but this year has not been perfect. Can I get an amen this morning? If your year has not been perfect or if you've ever found yourself in distress, guess what? Merry Christmas, Jesus Christ, the light of the world is on his way to you. And whenever you let the light in, he will turn doom into gladness. He will turn your junk and turn he will get your junk and turn it into joy. He will take your trash and transform it into treasure. Amen. And the light will turn your shadows into shouts. Why? All of this is not just happening for those that have all of their eyes dotted and T's or crossed. No, it's happening for the least of these. He's, he, he's coming for the fatherless. He's coming for the those that have been tormented. And the good news for us today is that no matter how far away you are for him, you're never too far away from the light to reach you. Amen. You're never too far away for God to change your life forever. The word says that Isaiah looked at the people and he told them, light is breaking forth. He said, you're Darkness is ending. Light is breaking forth. He told them, "Your current situation is about to change." Can you imagine the looks on these people's faces? For hundreds of years, they've been sitting in this state, and then, then they hear this man called a prophet begin to speak to their current situation. And all of a sudden, everybody is speaking gloom and doom. Then here comes this man, and he starts to speak a word of hope. Finally, there was something good coming forth. Finally, there was a reason to live. Finally, there was a reason to get up out of the bed in the morning. And he finally gave them a word that brought forth hope and joy and peace. And as he grabs their attention with this word and he continues to bring forth hope, he says, this is it. This is how your gloom and your despair shall cease. He says, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. I don't know about you, but I think it's time for the church to start acting like Isaiah. And whenever you are around people this very Christmas season that are full of doom and gloom, whenever you find yourself around a negative Nancy, whenever you find yourself around people who are in despair, whenever you get around a a room full of people full of anxiety and they are depressed and they are down, I pray that that an Isaiah anointing comes upon you and you always... Open your mouth and you deliver a word full of hope and joy and peace. And you tell them, guess what? I see where you are at, but for unto us a child has been born. For unto us a son has been given. Tell them I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. And then a little light from heaven, it filled my soul. Tell them I was lost, but now I am found. Tell them where you are, but the Lord touched me and he heard me. And you can, guess what? And he can do the same for you. He can transform your life forever. Why? Paul's, for unto us a child was born. That makes me want to shout this morning. On to us, it doesn't say unto them, it doesn't say unto Mary and Joseph. It says, for unto us a child has been born. Who is this us? Who is this us that this child has been born into? Who is this us? Unto the red, the yellow, the black, and the white. Unto the rich and the poor. Uh, Us is unto the I don't care what nation you were born in. Us is I don't care about your socioeconomic status. Us, those born on the north side of the tracks. Those born on the south side of the tracks. Those born in the east and the west. Us is whosoever will. The child is born to us. And they're like, okay, I know who this us is, but who is this baby that you are talking about? Isaiah said, well, let me tell you who this baby is. He said, somebody will call him wonderful. He's going to be wonderful to somebody in the room. I want you to get these S's in your notes this morning. He's wonderful. Wonderful means that he's supernatural. He's supernatural. In the Hebrew, it means, what the word means something that defies the odds. Wonderful means something that defies the odds. Something that is bigger than the mind could even fathom. You need to understand this morning that this baby that was born for us, he is supernatural. He has the ability to defy the odds in your life. He has the ability to leave you astounded. He has the ability to blow your mind and do things you never thought of or dreamed of. He's the same God that was at the Red Sea, and Moses obeyed him, and he raised up his rod, and the waters began to part. Why? Because he is, he's wonderful. He's supernatural. Tell somebody, look at your neighbor and say, he's wonderful. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. Millions of people are looking for Mr. Wonderful. There are a lot of single people that are looking for the Mr. or Mrs. Wonderful and you've looked high and you've looked low. You've been on every single dating app and you've swiped to the left and to the right, but you need to stop looking for man and look to Bethlehem this Christmas because that baby is wonderful. He's wonderful. Isaiah also said, not only is he wonderful, you know, supernatural, but he's also a counselor. A counselor is a strategist. A strategist. The Hebrew Hebrew word for counselor means one who gives advice, one who gives wisdom, a divine strategist. When this baby grew up, he became this divine counselor. When the fishermen could not catch fish, He looked at them and spoke as a divine counselor, and he gave them a divine strategy. He said, I know you've been doing this all your life, but cast your net to this side. He gave them new strategy. When he was in uh, Galilee, they ran out of wine in the middle of a wedding, and Mary looked at the boys and says, look, this guy is Jesus, and whatever he tells you to do, you better do it. I don't care what he says. Just go do it. And Jesus, you know, the strategist said, I know this doesn't make sense, but go get water and start to fill up these pots. But this doesn't make sense, counselor. This doesn't your your, your strategy. It's just not adding up. It doesn't make it, it it doesn't make sense. One of the best gifts that you could give yourself this Christmas is to let God be your strategist. You let everyone up, you let everybody else this year give you strategies. You let everybody else tell you what job you should take. You let everybody else tell you who you should date. You let everybody else tell you where you should go to church. But listen, this year, one of the best Christmas gifts that you could give yourself is to let God be your counselor. Don't turn to Oprah. Don't, don't, don't turn to Dr. Phil. Let the Lord be your counselor this Christmas. Let him give you divine strategy from above. He is a counselor. He said he's wonderful. He's a counselor. And he says he will be a mighty God. In other words, not only is he supernatural, not only is there a strategist that's coming to give you strategy, not only I know you are in a dark place, But he's a mighty God. In other words, he's coming with strength. He's coming with strength. We we, we used to sing the old song, He's got the whole world in His hands. In Psalm chapter 2, the word says that while the nations are raging and people are plotting to destroy you, the word says that this anointed God does not panic, He does not grow anxious. If you knew somebody was plotting to destroy you, you would begin to get anxious. You would begin to try to go and turn people against them. You would go and try to start to tell your story. Listen, I know what he's doing, but let me tell you what he did to me first. The Word doesn't say that is the personality of God. The Word says that while nations are raging and people were plotting to destroy, that he was not growing anxious, he was not panicking, no. But the Word says, literally that he sits in heaven and laughs when people are plotting against his people. Why? Because he is a mighty God this morning. Amen. He has all dominion. He holds the world in his hands. He's a mighty God. Psalm 24 says, lift up your head, O ye gates, and be lifted up ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory will come in. Who is this king of glory? He's the Lord's Strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Guess what? Not only is he mighty in strength, but his word says that he is fighting for you this very Christmas season. I said last week that Christmas is not a time of peace, but it was a time of spiritual war. And in so many times in our life, Christmas seems like we are struggling. Christmas seems like we are warring. Guess what? The Lord is fighting for you this Christmas. Why? Because he is a mighty God. And how do we win at the end of this thing called life? It will not be because of our strength, but it will be because he is strong and mighty. Not only did he come as supernatural, not only did he come as a strategist, not only did did he come with, with, with great strength, but he is, but he also, the word says, he is the everlasting father. In other words, he brings stability, stability. Everlasting means eternal. He had no beginning and he has no end. Our mind cannot grab hold of it because it is so supernatural how something can have no beginning and yet have no end. He's eternal and we have stability in knowing that. He wants to be a father to you. He doesn't want to be a stepdad. He doesn't want to uh, no he 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 doesn't want weekend visitations he wants your full custody of you he wants to be the father in your life he why because so many times when children are with different parents at different times they start to feel an unsettledness they start to feel a lack of stability he said i will be your father every day of the week whenever you wake up you don't have to worry about this father not being there I I will be your stability. I am the everlasting father because I want to do what fathers do. I want to provide for you. I want to reward you whenever you do good. I want to correct you and discipline and teach you whenever you start to stray. He is everlasting. You'll never just wake up and he's gone from your life. Why? Because he is everlasting. He will always be on the throne. It's stability. Not only does this baby mean that a supernatural power is coming. Not only does it mean that a supernatural power is coming, but that strategy is on the way and that, that you have stability in the middle of the chaos of it all. But it also means that this baby brings stillness. Because he's the prince of peace. Stillness. He brings stillness to your life. Man, help me up. He brings calmness, peace, stillness. How many of you have ever been in a place in your life where you needed everything just to be still? Like, can everything just stop for a moment? Can the sports stop for a moment? Can the craziness stop for a moment? Can my boss quit calling me for a moment? Can everything just 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 some stillness? He's the prince of peace. He brings stillness in the chaos of life. He brings stillness to your anxiety. Listen to this quote, Corey Tin Boone wrote, "Look at the world and you will be distressed." Look within yourself, and you will be depressed. But look at Jesus Christ, and you'll be at rest. Look at the world, and you will be distressed. Look within yourself, and you'll be depressed. But look at Jesus Christ, and you'll be at rest. I said it last week. Behold Him. Fix your eyes on him. It all goes back to what you were looking at. Before the pandemic, we had a pandemic. And we didn't even know it. It was called television, iPads, cell phones. Because our eyes all day long are focused on something and things that cannot help us. He said, behold him. Look at Jesus and you'll be at rest. Fix your eyes on him. Listen, when Jesus returns, he will do what no other leader in this world has ever been able to do. When the Lord returns, he will do what every politician, every presidential candidate says that they're going to do but can never do it. He will bring unity and peace. He's the only one who can do it. There's not a Republican, a Democrat, an Independent that can bring peace to a nation. Ever. But whenever he returns, it says that the government shall be upon his shoulders. He he will make all the decisions. He will never consult a board or a committee He will not need a speaker of the house. He will not need a right or a left. He will not need a donkey or an elephant. He is the mouthpiece. He is the government. Whatever he says shall go. Whenever he says move, it shall move. Whenever he says rise up, it shall rise up. Whenever he looks at the angels and say, "Keep singing," they don't say, "We've been singing holy, holy, holy for thousands of years, Lord." When are we going to learn a new chorus? They just say, "Oh yes, Lord, you are God. You spoke it; I will do it." And why? Because the government is on His shoulders. We will never need to vote again. Committees will never be needed again. But get this: if you are a child of, if you are a child of this child, I'm talking about, if. You You are a child of this child in Isaiah. You don't have to wait to receive all of this. You don't have to wait till he returns this morning before you experience his peace. He was born unto us in this day that we don't have to wait for his return to experience the supernatural. We don't have to wait to experience his strategy. We don't have to wait to experience his strength this morning. You don't have to wait why he was born unto us. A child has been given unto us. So we don't have to wait to experience his stability or his strength. Why? Because for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son has been given. And the government will be upon his shoulders We'll perform this.